Factory and the Dynasty Football Network. That's James the Brain. That's Travis the Beard. I'm John Hogan. This is Super Flexible. Week 9 was Fight Week. We've got the judges' scorecards from all the throwdowns, plus a midweek recap from all the midweek news, more trade deadline deals, more suspensions, surprise benchings, and major major injury news particularly involving two young AFC South slingers not to mention Twitter trades your nuts and super streakers let's do this thing so with all this fantasy impact that we've got to talk about here from all the injuries all the suspensions um, all the fights and uh, some of the some of the surprise benchings um, some of the the breakout performances, some of the ex- unexpected performances from Week Nine. What of all the all of these news items catches your eye first, James? Yeah, and I, you know, I, I Andrew Luck to me is is one of the things that I I've been keeping a close eye on his situation, his injury, and and so forth. And you know, anybody who's listened to this podcast before. Uh, knows that you know I've I've had some concern with Andrew Luck more than most. Um, he's number seven in my quarterback rankings, and uh, I, I you know potentially after the news that we heard, and the news is that he's uh, been placed on the IR. He he won't be returning at all this year, which means um, he he loses this this whole year uh, to injury. Um, they're shutting down the throwing. He's gotten second opinions. I mean, just nothing about this situation sounds good. And so, I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm even more concerned than I was previously. Um, I don't think this is good news at all for Andrew Luck and his owners. Obviously, there's more discomfort there that shouldn't be there. And so they're, they're going to go ahead and, and, and shut him down and just hope that, uh, that the rehab and the healing process works. But, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm definitely concerned enough to move him down my rankings. What about you guys? Does anybody else have any concerns about this? And, uh, and what are you going to do in your dynasty rankings? Are you guys going to move him down at all or what? Yeah, I, I am, I, I am a little bit more concerned than I was a couple weeks ago. And I will concede that I have moved him down James from number one to number two. So he's now number, yes. he's now QB two. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think, you know, obviously from a long-term perspective, I think they did the right thing and shutting him down and letting it heal. He's got, you know, nine months now to, to get back on track, but you know, there is a risk now that there is, there's a non-zero chance that, you know, he doesn't play again. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to come back and be just fine. That's why he's still at number two, but there is a little bit more of a risk than, than there was uh, in my opinion. I, I don't know that I'm worried about this necessarily. I mean, it, we've seen we've seen quarterbacks, one Indianapolis Colt quarterback in particular, come back from a much more devastating injury than this. Peyton Manning couldn't hold a football for an entire year. He had he didn't even have enough strength in his in his hand and in his arm to hold a football, much less throw it. And he came back from that, and not only did he come back and continue to play at a high level, he actually played at a higher level than he had at any point in his career. He set NFL records for yards, touchdowns, career touchdowns. So, I, I mean, he just... It, the, the Broncos had the most points in NFL history with Peyton Manning at quarterback after coming back from that, from that neck injury. 
So, you know, I, I'm I'm not particularly worried about Andrew Luck's ability to come back from this. I actually think that shutting him down for the season um, is actually going to help, if anything. And uh, so, but with all that being said, I think that there's a chance that he does move down in my rankings, and it has nothing to do with him. For me, it's just there's one guy in particular, and uh, it's a it's a touchy subject for me because uh, it's the guy who just put 51 points on my beloved Broncos this past weekend. Um, but Carson Wentz has a chance to to jump past Andrew Luck um, because uh, two years into his career, he's been extremely consistent, and he looks like he just looks the part. He looks like a guy who's going to be around for a long time, performing at a high level. So that's that's why Andrew Luck may fall in my rankings. It wouldn't happen until the off season, but there's a chance that that Carson Wentz, if he continues to play like this, um, there's a chance that he passes Andrew Luck. Yeah, I guess I could see that. I mean, I I, uh, I understand. You know, like you said, I mean, I, I there's definitely precedent for you know people coming back from injuries that ha- you know are clearly were more devastating. But I think the thing that bothers me the most about this Andrew Luck injury is the timeline. I mean, we were lied to the entire time, but now it's come out that Jim Irsay feels like he was lied to that that you you know they weren't upfront with him about all this. So. I, I clearly, I mean, something is going on that wasn't expected to happen. I mean, there's been several setbacks, it seems, in this. And I, I just, I guess I just wonder if it's going to heal. And if it does, how well is it going to heal? Is it going to heal well enough for, you know, for Andrew Luck to be the Andrew Luck that we we were used to seeing out on the field um, or, or not? So, I, I, I mean, I think there's enough concern there. Uh, you know, to justify, at least for myself, to justify moving him down in the rankings. But um, but that's that's just me. Now, I, another guy that I, I you know, I'm curious uh, about, you know, what we're going to do in our rankings is Deshaun Watson. And uh, this is a guy who kind of came out onto the scene out of nowhere, um, you know, really just burst onto the scene. He, he was he was having a heck of a year and I own no shares of Deshaun Watson and I'm bummed about it. But the news that came out that he is injured um, with that torn ACL, he's going to be out for the year. Uh, did it on a non-contact injury in practice. Uh, what, what do you guys think? I mean, I, I, how devastating is it to Deshaun Watson owners and what do you do moving forward? What do you guys think? I was, I was legitimately really, really sad uh, when that news came out and, he was so fun to watch, and I am—I believe he was. I mean, we were we were in store for a historical rookie season, and so that sucks just from a fan perspective, a football perspective. Um, as far as you know, fantasy football dynasty, I think you know this creates a buying opportunity uh, that wasn't there before, and I, I've seen a couple of trades go down already where you know if you, I guess. The guy that had Deshaun Watson was sitting pretty. He was thinking he had this thing in the bag. You know, he got this this cheap quarterback to pair with whatever else he had, and and he was he was killing it. And all of a sudden, he just gets hit randomly on a Wednesday or Thursday or whatever that this star is gone. And so, you know, most likely the Deshaun Watson owner was probably a contender, and I, I think that you can leverage that and and possibly get him. I saw him go for. 
you know, Mariota and there were some pieces on, on the sides too, but you know, that contender might be looking for an immediate replacement. And if you're not, you know, if you can take that, that season off, you know, I think you might be able to get them. So we got another, another QB shakeup. Um, we need to talk about here. Winston, we're going to shut him down for quote unquote, several weeks. I saw another report of two weeks at least. Um, so we got Fitzmagic coming in. Uh, what do you guys think uh, as far as not only Fitzpatrick's you know, viability or, or startability for these next few weeks, but how does this affect you know, these weapons that we've been leaning on? Well, if I remember correctly, I think the target shares favored Mike Evans. Um, if I remember, no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Evans is not going to be like, dude, are you stealing my stats? What it are you seems doing? plausible. <laughs> no, dude, I, I stole the stats. I feel like I've heard else. that somewhere. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, all right, no, I, uh, no, I, you know, Travis, that's that's an excellent question because I, I'm really uh, interested to see what Fitzpatrick can do in this offense. I feel like Winston's shoulder, I, something's not right with with Winston in that offense. It seemed um, this this is a high powered offense. They have a lot of good uh, receiving targets, two good receiving tight ends, uh, top rec- you know top receiver Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson, and they just they weren't clicking. Something wasn't right. And so I'm, I'm interested to see what Fitzpatrick can do there. Um, I definitely think, you know, if you're dealing with an injury like, you know, Deshaun Watson, for example, in a two QB league or a flex league, you know, the, the waiver wire is pretty short on quarterback options. Maybe that's an option for you for a few weeks to kind of see how that goes. But, you know, I'm I'm not sure I'm on the fence on how he's going to perform, but something wasn't right in that offense. And I'm wondering if it was Winston. I guess we'll kind of find out a little bit with Fitzpatrick. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? What do you think, John? So I actually, uh, I just wrote, first of all, I just joined the waiver wire team at uh, DynastyFootballFactory.com. So check out the waiver wire column that just came out yesterday. Um, But I talked about Ryan Fitzpatrick. I actually recommended him uh, even before the news about Winston broke that he was going to be out multiple weeks. And uh, at the time, I thought he was going to be just a plug and play. Um, just for the week because he's got a great matchup. First of all, revenge game against the team that uh, he used to play for, the New York Jets, one of, uh, what, 30, 31 other teams that he's played for before um, before <laughs> coming to the Bucks. So, uh, but he So he has a revenge game angle against pretty much everyone, but definitely against the Jets. I actually got a pretty fun stat for you guys on that, nice. from that aspect. Let's hear it. So Fitzpatrick has has been a backup for seven different teams, and every single one of them has lost their starting quarterback to injury. <laughs> and Fitzpatrick has come in and and started games for those teams. Oh, wow! So there's that's uh, crazy. That is the Fitzmagic curse. Yeah, what are they teaching there in the Ivy League? That. Uh... <laughs> who is signing him who is signing this guy and knowing that their starters are gonna get hurt like that's that's insane to me yeah i heard that he i heard that he majored in black magic yeah, apparently <laughs> so but this week he's got the jets got the revenge game angle this is also is not a real good jets pass defense their current ranking they're they're 11th they're 
so 11th best in fantasy points allowed, I guess. Um, so, I mean, it on paper, it's not a bad matchup, but, I mean, the Buffalo Bills just decimated them without Tyrod Taylor throwing to a bunch of nobodies. Kelvin Benjamin wasn't on the field. Um, Zay Jones gets his first touchdown. So, and it, it was just, I mean, it was the Tyrod Taylor show and a whole lot of nothing else. So, you know, it's it's definitely reasonable to think that fat, that uh, Fitzpatrick comes in here with weapons everywhere. Two tight ends, Mike Evans, you know, Doug Martin, Charles Sims, um, uh, what the hell's his, uh, Peyton Barber, and, uh, and of course, you know, Adam Humphreys, Deshaun Jackson, and uh, Curtis, is it Curtis, Chris Godwin. I always get mm-hmm. that wrong. Chris, it's Chris Godwin time, by the way, but... Um, yes yes <laughs> thank you for that because there's a lot of godwin hate in our uh our dff chats and uh and i'm glad that somebody's on board with the the chris godwin take but go ahead i'm sorry yeah no you're good yeah so there's there's a definite angle here for fitzpatrick weapons everywhere against a pretty bad defense but then from there he still the following week he gets miami in that makeup game that was supposed to be week one um, what on what was supposed to be their bye week. Now they're going to play against Miami. That's also not a great uh, a pass defense. So that's a plus matchup for Fitzpatrick. And then he gets the New England Patriots, the worst pass defense in the league. So for me, Ryan Fitzpatrick is the real story here. Um, he's got a chance to to be extremely fantasy relevant for the next you know two to three weeks while Jameis Winston is out. And I think he also has a chance here to, let's just say, prolong Jameis Winston's uh, recovery time, <laughs> give him a little extra time to to uh, to recover from these multiple shoulder injuries. So, um, whoa, yeah, I I think the wide receivers are going to be fine. Winston has not been good, and I mean a big part of that is the injuries. It's also a grind to play 16 straight games, um, you know, without a bye. They and so don't forget that part. The Bucks didn't get a bye this season, so um, you know it, it, it. You had to think at some point Jameis Winston was going to need a little bit of recovery time, especially when the injuries started piling up. But so I, I don't know. This this could be a little bit of an upgrade for the wide receivers and. This could be, uh, th- this easily could be the quarterback situation for the Bucks for the remainder of the season. I think the QB controversy will hinge largely on Fitzpatrick's ability to eat a W. What do you guys think? <laughs> can he even do that with his <laughs> fingers? I, I mean, clearly he can. <laughs> he dabbles in the dark arts. He he can figure out how to contort his fingers into a W. It's just can can he lick them seductively, uh, in in a, in the pregame uh, in order to in order to pump up his team? Can he can he lick them seductively? Not as not as good slash bad as Jameis can. That's for sure. <laughs> Man, that that was disturbing. That, that was disturbing. <laughs> so, what do you guys think of all this Eli Manning news coming out? Yeah, you know. I, he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to ask you guys, I, and and I think I know where John stands now. 
But uh, but Travis, uh, uh, first off, man, who would you rather have for the next few weeks? Would you rather have, and I can't believe I'm asking this, would you rather have Eli Manning or would you rather have Ryan Fitzpatrick for the next few weeks if, if you had to choose? Um, I was the one that yelled he sucks, so Fitzpatrick. <laughs> here's, here's how bad Eli Manning is right now. Rumor out of Denver is uh, they, might, they might figure out a way to uh, make a move to get Eli Manning for the remainder of the season. That's how bad he is. We only allow the worst of the worst here in Denver, apparently. We're just loading up on, on the worst possible quarterbacks. So, yeah, go get Eli wow. Manning. The Browns are like, call me. <laughs> 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 or who's the backup? Is it Davis Webb? Or, or uh, Gino, Gino Smith. Gino right? Smith, yeah. Yeah, I don't um, think I'm interested in either one of those guys, really. I don't think – I mean, if for Dynasty, if, if Eli ends up being done or moved – whatever there's no i don't think there's any way that you know their their starting quarterback for 2018 is on the roster right now so yeah, yeah I, agree I, with that. I would certainly hope not as far as 2017 though in a two quarterback or uh super flex especially a deeper league i do think that you might consider rostering at least D- davis webb uh, although I think they've got Geno Smith listed as the quarterback too. Um, either way, so. at least one of those guys is going to play this season. So late in the season, when you're scrambling to find guys, especially if you if you have one of those stupid leagues that plays the championship in week 17, you might you might plan ahead by grabbing Davis Webb and preparing for that one. Um, when everybody else is sitting, uh, Davis Webb might be might actually be a a worthwhile play. I, he'll probably be a super streaker at least. Guys, I got a question. I I'm in a league where it's a super flex league, and my second quarterback is going to be whichever San Francisco quarterback is starting between Bethard and Garoppolo. Um, is it even worth starting? That, that guy or should I look for a different option because I mean uh, there's no Pierre Garcon now um, Kittle's out for next week Trent Taylor's got broken ribs I mean what what do you do if you own I mean they play the Giants next week like a terrible defense do I, but they have no weapons like what what do what do you expect you expect anything decent from you know Bethard or Garoppolo whoever ends up starting that game I've got a little bit more to say I'm Bethard a little bit later, so um, I'm going to defer to Travis on this one. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't really, I don't even know what's left. I mean, Marquise Goodwin, I haven't even looked at the depth chart really to see who was behind Trent freaking Taylor. So, I I mean, it's obviously not a pretty situation. Um, And I don't know, I think, I think it's unlikely they, they start Garoppolo next week. Yeah, I don't I, I don't think that that happens before the bye week. The bye is in week 11, so I think week 10 is Bethard, week 11's a bye, and then maybe you start seeing Jimmy Garoppolo. You you've got to think that they're going to take a look at him, right? I mean, he's he's in a walk year still. They have to. Yeah. So week week, mm-hmm. week 12, right, is probably going to be the target. Yeah, I mean, if they don't if they don't start him, what was what was the freaking point? Right. 
I mean, yeah, at some point they have to, right? I mean, they got to see what they traded for. Yeah, he's got to play this year for sure. If not, I mean, if if he doesn't play, if I'm Garoppolo and I waited this entire time and then San Francisco trades for me and does not start me, I mean, I'm going to be throwing fists like AJ Green was this last week on Jalen Ramsey. I'm going to be upset. Nice segue, dude. That's, yeah, dude, that's dude. how it's done right there. <laughs> <laughs> we have to use that. That is podcasting gold right there. So we've got to work oh, on man, that. I nailed it. AJ Green with a big time takedown and the worst punch thrown in human history to the back of the head of Jalen Ramsey. Mike Evans gets in a fight with uh with Marshawn Lattimore, Mar- yeah. Marshawn. I was thinking Marcus. Yeah, Marshawn Lattimore of the Saints. And Carlos Carlos Hyde mixes it up with uh, various members of the Arizona Cardinals. And the only guy out of this entire thing to take a suspension is going to be Mike Evans. That's ridiculous. Is was it just yeah, because think- they were they said AJ Green's takedown and and punch of of Jalen Ramsey didn't look like it hurt at all. So how could we possibly <laughs> suspend him? He already got humiliated on national TV for fighting like a chick. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, not going to say anything about that, but no. <laughs> also, Mia Khalifa came running to his to, uh, to his rescue, too. She and, Or no, to Jalen Ramsey's. Sorry. So, yeah, she, she also further publicly humiliated A.J. Green by... Uh, by just running him down on Twitter. So, so it, it is interesting. Obviously, there's nothing really dynasty related to take from it, but I wonder if it's because Hyde and Green got ejected. Like just the fact that they got yeah. ejected from that game. Yeah. So that was the suspension. They're, maybe they're counting that as like they missed game time, and Mike Evans didn't. So now he's got to miss. I don't know. I mean, that doesn't seem like good logic, but yeah. Yeah, well, especially for Carlos, Carlos Hyde, that happened late in the fourth quarter. He had actually, right. he had already done all of his damage. Yeah, I, I don't understand it totally. I mean, I think maybe it had some, I believe, I haven't seen clips of this yet, but I believe that Mike Evans actually came off the sideline to attack uh, Lattimore. No, what the the crazy thing was is Jameis Winston pretty much started the entire encounter. He was on the sideline. He left with an injury already. And so he was on the sideline, and he comes on the field just a couple steps, and he points with two fingers to the back of Lattimore's head and just kind of, like, nudges him a little bit. Not, nothing too aggressive, but that's what he did. And then it looked like Lattimore was, was having words with Winston when, you know, obviously— you know, you're you're John and my quarterback there, and then just out of nowhere, Evans just lays him out from behind, and then uh, and then starts going at him. So, I, yeah, I mean, I I definitely feel like AJ Green deserved a suspension too, but uh, but but whatever. You know, I guess AJ Green did miss, like like you said, Travis, he did miss the majority of that game. Maybe that's what they're thinking. There was really no repercussion on Mike Evans's hit, and he should have been ejected too. Um, but either way, man, I mean, I tell you what, it seems like both of these incidences are top flight wide receivers that were struggling in a game against good young cornerbacks. And that's an interesting kind of kind of takeaway from this is 
Marshawn Lattimore, dude, he is good. He, he came out of Ohio State, and he is really helping turn around that Saints defense. Um, and then you have, uh, you know, that Jacksonville's defense has been unbelievable all year, and Jalen Ramsey's a huge part of that. And A.J. Green was doing nothing. I mean, Andy Dalton threw for less than 100 yards, didn't he? I mean, he was... Uh, it, it was it was it was a tough go for both those guys. So I mean, kind of seems like tempers flew over from a bunch of uh, veteran receivers that should know better onto some young playmaking cornerbacks. So kind of uh, hmm. an interesting trend that that kind of happened that way. That is that is an interesting uh, development there. So before we move off of this topic, because I just got done seeing, I just got done watching some amazing fights at ufc 217 congratulations to three new world champions rose namajunas tj dillashaw and the return of gsp george st pierre so uh i've i've got i'm just like over testosterone right now from all the fighting this weekend (laughs) and i've got to know what is the best nfl fight you've ever seen actually here's what i really want to know can any one of these fights or any other fights that you've seen top Andre Johnson just absolutely destroying Cortland Finnegan with the most lethal left-right combination ever? Yeah, dude, that I remember that. That was <laughs> that was something to watch. Um, <laughs> but uh, I was actually at a game, and I wish I could remember how long ago it was, but um, it was a Cleveland Browns-Pittsburgh Steelers game. They met at... Uh, and two players met at uh, at the 50-yard line, and uh, one player got ejected, and that's William Green. Um, and uh, and they threw fists. And just imagine what we know about James Harrison throwing fists to a, a running back. Um, it wasn't pretty. <laughs> William Green, not only did he lose that fight, but he also got ejected from the game. So it was one of those things where, like, I'll, I'll never forget just seeing – Seeing them jaw at each other, seeing a punch thrown, and then seeing this young running back for the Cleveland Browns just laying on his back because, because yeah, he uh, he lost that fight, unfortunately for him. Uh, and then he got ejected from the game, and James Harrison didn't. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, that, that's the one that sticks out in my mind, at least, because I was actually at the game and kind of got to see it. So, uh, yeah, that that's the one NFL fight moment that'll uh, that'll live on in, uh, in, my, in my mind, at least. All right, let's talk about some Superflex trades. Um, I just want <laughs> no, just go for wanted, it. To, just <laughs> wanted to jump <laughs> in. I, I had the YouTube a... Andre Johnson fight. <laughs> <laughs> he, he lit him up, right? Dude. <laughs> Left the, hook, the right? Best... He's just working him like a heavy bag. He's nuts. <laughs> the, the best part of this entire clip is Jeff Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> I miss that part. Jeff Jeff Fisher is out in the field, like, trying to corral. Dude, he looks confused as hell. He looks like, it's like classic Jeff Fisher. Just, like, wandering around with all these people fighting around him. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. Uh, Attaboy, Jeff Fisher. All right. You got to look that up again and just watch Jeff Fisher. (laughs) Yeah, I never noticed that part. I just marveled at how ridiculously good at boxing Andre Johnson was he was already at the time he was he he was my favorite pl- player in the league at the moment and uh I always hated seeing them play the Broncos because uh Champ Bailey just had such a hard time with Andre Johnson but I and I was so conflicted by it 
Because, but Andre Johnson was already to me just the greatest player on earth. And in that moment, he became the greatest human on earth. He became a living superhero. It was amazing. That was the most lethal combination ever. All right. Let's move on to some Superflex trades. Uh, this first one we found on Twitter is a, in a Dynasty Superflex league. And uh, uh, the player did, uh, received this offer and denied it, saying it wasn't nearly enough. Um, and the other owner got upset. So the offer was uh, Jared Goff and an early 2018 first for his either Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I, I'll go ahead and start off I, on this. I, I'm a huge Jared Goff truther. Um, I I feel like him, uh, you know, he playing in that Sean McVay offense, the amount of weapons that they have, uh, they've surrounded him really with a good supporting cast, which it's kind of funny because when Fisher was there, I think that was one of the one of the complaints was man they don't have very many weapons for him. They go out and get Sammy Watkins, they draft Cooper Cup and Gerald Everett, and surround them with Tyler Higbee and you know even guys who are coming out of the woodwork now like Robert Woods, and you know Tavon Austin. Um, and so I'm I'm a big golf supporter, but man I I there's no way I'm giving up Aaron Rodgers for this package. Um, so it, it was, it was Watson for me. And, uh, so I, I, I analyzed the trade. Would I give up Watson for off in a first? And while it was, it was semi-close for me, I, I, I couldn't do it. I just, I'm Deshaun Watson is, is, has proven to me. And, you know, I know it's just been a short time, but he's proven to me that he's a guy that I'm willing to take a chance and build my franchise around. Um, he looks the part and he looks more than capable, uh, of being that type of player. So um, I, I think I would side with the Watson or Aaron Rodgers side. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. I don't. I just don't think that the upside of Goff plus the upside of that 18 first equals, you know, the, the absolute ceiling of Watson. So I think I'd just hold him. I'd hold Watson. What if you were a contender? I, so I agree with you guys in a vacuum, but what if you're a contender because Deshaun Watson and then early on Aaron Rodgers and maybe you found a replacement for Rodgers, but those guys put you in a really good uh, spot going into the playoffs, um, and now all of a sudden you're without the, the two guys who were seemingly going to win you that championship. Now you've got a chance to get a guy who can – finish the job for you and Jared Goff and then you you're still coming away with a with an early 18 first and a shot at you know some of those great running backs coming out for example um not to mention uh my personal favorite Cortland Sutton but anyways you've you've got that opportunity now or maybe even Sam Darnold you know maybe maybe you trade back from that 18 first get a couple 18 firsts and you grab Sam, Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen to replace Deshaun Watson uh, and or Aaron Rodgers. And all of a sudden, I mean, you just rebuilt your team after you won a championship. Are, are you, do you still feel the same way in that completely hypothetical situation? No, I mean, to me, it's definitely a feasible thing. I mean, I like I said, I was... It, it it was pretty close for me anyways because I'm I'm pretty high on golf and I definitely think that that first round pick you know there there are several ways you can go depending on you know where that 
where that pick is going to be, you could look at a top receiver. You could look at, you know, it's going to be another strong running back class if you need a running back. And then, you know, there's some good high upside top signal callers that look like they're going to come out. So that's always good too. But, um, you know, I, I still think, um, I still think Watson is just too young and I've seen too much from him to where I'm not willing to move him, um, quite yet. Uh, not for golf in a first at least. So I think I would still hold even in that situation, but I'm pretty stubborn when it comes to that. Um, I'll, I'll try to find a way and try to be sneaky and find a way that, uh, it isn't going to cost me an arm and a leg to still compete. But, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, that's definitely, I, I, I mean, you made a good point for it and I, I could definitely see someone doing it. Wouldn't blame them if they did. What about you, Travis? Yeah, I, I get it. I would hate, I would hate pushing that button though. I, and I just, I just don't think, I mean, is Goff going to win you that championship? I don't, I don't know. I don't view him as a matchup proof play at all at this point, but I mean, I guess I see it if you're, you know, seven and two, eight and one, leading the league in points or whatever, and you lost Watson. I could, I could see doing it, but I wouldn't like it at all. I'm trying to find his schedule because I believe Jared Goff has an amazing matchup in Week 16. I want to say it's the Tennessee Titans, um, but I'm not going to continue doing research. Um, that makes for a very boring podcast. <sighs> Travis is yawning at the at the thought of it. So, <laughs> uh, I tried to trap you guys on that one, but I think that you're right. Watson and Rodgers is the perfect combination in Superflex. You've got two top five quarterbacks in Dynasty. You've got young. You've got old and experienced. You've got consistency. You've got high ceiling. You've got high floor. I don't know why you would ever come off of that in a Superflex league. All right, how about this one in a Dynasty Superflex, full PPR, and .1 points per carry. Uh, one side gets Kirk Cousins, Devontae Freeman, Amir Abdullah, and Brian Hoyer. And the other side gets Alvin Kamara, Devontae Parker, and two late, projected to be late, 2018 first-round picks. Yeah, to me, this this one's interesting, too. Um, you know, I'm... <laughs> I think we've established I'm a lot higher, at least than Travis is, on Kirk Cousins. Um, so I, I'm, I'm probably going to lean that side. I, I really like Alvin Kamara. That was a guy I did not, I wasn't very high on um, as far as a rookie coming in. But I think he found the perfect situation. He fits in so well with New Orleans. They're utilizing him perfectly. Um, and and so I'm, I, I like Kamara a lot. Parker, I'm, I'm still on the fence about. I think he has a lot of talent. But... It, it just it isn't translating onto the field always and um so i think that's an inconsistent option and two 2018 late first you know are always nice but you never know what's there and you never know how you're gonna uh what you're gonna be looking at there you know you got a lot of people picking in front of you um on the other side the side that i get i get kirk cousins which i am i am very high on especially in a two kubi or a super flex league like this is i get Devontae freeman who I think is in the middle of his uh, of his prime. Um, I still think he has a, a few good years left in him. Um, they do a lot of, uh, you know, they split carries there a lot. Abdul has been good. And even getting Hoyer, I mean, that's really not much for me, but it's something, it's a quarterback that could find a starting spot next year, and you might, you know, be able to use him in a pinch and a super flex um, like this. So I think I'd go that side. What do you guys think? This to me is like the perfect trade. You know, it it says here, we didn't mention it, but the guy getting 
Cousins, Freeman, Abdullah Hoyer is a contender. The guy <clears throat> getting Kamara, Parker, and the and the firsts, it says is rebuilding. So I think I think this is perfect. I think it helps both teams. The guy, the contender, obviously he's making this deal needs some some quarterback help in a super flex, and you know it helps both sides perfectly. I think you know it does help the contender make that push, and then that that rebuild team gives up a, a mediocre quarterback in Cousins and gets some really nice rebuild pieces. I mean, Kamara looks like a star. Those firsts are going to help. So I, I, I think it's, given given the situation, I think it's one of those trades that perfectly benefits both sides. Next, in a 10-team league, .5 PPR super flex. Side A gets Odell Beckham Jr. and John Ross. Side B gets Jimmy Garoppolo, Alvin Kamara, and Corey Coleman. Boy, yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting trade. Um, I think I think the OBJ side gets the best player, um, and so t- I, I tend to kind of lean that way. Um, but Jimmy G uh, and a first-round pick and Kamara is awful um, appeasing. I think you're taking a leap, uh, hoping that Jimmy Garoppolo is is you know good. He's going to be a good a good quarterback for you, at least a top 15 to 16 option. So that way you have a high end two at the very least quarterback that you're getting out of this uh, with Alvin Kamara. And then that first, um, I think I would lean the OBJ side only because um, I, I, I just think um, as an asset, OBJ in dynasty is, uh, is, is supremely valuable. Um, like I said, I like Kamara a lot. Uh, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, I like a little too, but uh, but there's there's some uncertainty there with that side. I think with Odell Beckham Jr., you know what you get um, when he's healthy, and uh, and getting John Ross, uh, a young receiver that uh, is on a team that looks like they may be hitting the reset button pretty quick here, um, you know, and going with some younger talent. So um, yeah, I, I think I would take the OBJ side, just knowing that I'm getting the best player in the trade. What do you guys think? That's I don't know. That's a tough one. I I might. I might take the other side, as strange as that sounds. And I, I Twitter disagrees. Um, you know, the, the poll ran 74% in favor of the Beckham side. But you got Kamara, an 18 first, and then in Superflex, Garoppolo, and then you got Corey Coleman, which, you know, could, should still turn into, you know, at least a wide receiver too at some point, you hope. I know it's not, I don't know, it's not like an overwhelming offer for Odell, obviously, but I mean, I like all those pieces that are that are on that other side for sure, and John Ross doesn't really mean anything to me at this point. Yeah, there is something that got left out here. Um, it was in the poll itself, but not in the explanation of it in the tweet, in the body of the tweet. But there's, a, there's an early 18, early 18, is that a second? I don't. I don't care. <laughs> the, I, I think. It, I, I think it's still Beckham. I mean, we just have no idea what Garoppolo is going to be. I we talked about him last week, and I really like the prospects of what Garoppolo could be. And I think that to me, the the biggest thing is I think the Patriots still believe in Jimmy Garoppolo, unlike most of the quarterbacks that they that they just dump on unsuspecting teams. Um, historically, I think they actually like Jimmy Garoppolo. They just realized that they weren't going to be able to offer him a starting job anytime soon. 
Um, but I mean, it's definitely not a given by any stretch of the imagination that he's going to be anything. Um, meanwhile, Odell Beckham Jr. is what 24. I think he'll still be 24 at the start of next season. And uh, so, I mean, you're you've still got the best wide receiver in in football and in fantasy. Well, at least in fantasy football for the next. 10 years. Um, so, I mean, it just, it takes so much to give up on Odell Beckham. And I don't think that there's enough there to do it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You're way more agreeable this week than you were last week. What happened? (laughs) All right. One last trade. Superflex dynasty. I have Andrew Luck, Carson Wentz and Aaron Rodgers. I'm currently in first place. I'm giving up Aaron Rodgers and Corey Davis for Derek Carr, Alex Collins, and Jay, and Jay Ajayi. I just said that it, w- that it was me because that's the way this tweet was written. It is most certainly not me. There's no chance that I would ever give up on Aaron Rodgers in a Superflex <laughs> league. And uh, I also likely wouldn't give up on Corey Davis for much of anything, especially for a handful of running backs who probably have another oh 10 games of relevancy between them <laughs> wow <laughs> i agree with you on alex collins yeah um, i think i think a will be around a little bit longer but i hope I, so. I hope been... you're right i hope i definitely hope you're right on a <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree it's not even close it's the rogers Corey davis side for me for sure it's the, by far the two best pieces the downgrade to Carr is crazy from Rodgers. I'm not a big car fan. Alex Collins is going to be, you know, end of the bench, you know, slash waiver guy a year from now, I think. And I mean, I like a Jai, but yeah, the value is just not even close to me. No. Oh, yeah, I agree. I, um, I wouldn't deal Rogers for those three, let alone throw in Corey Davis. So I agree with that. Also, I mean, I, I know that you have on paper what looks like three good quarterbacks, but you actually have two good quarterbacks and one that doesn't have a shoulder on his throwing arm anymore. So I would definitely take that into consideration when you're making a trade like this, is that, you know, on paper, yeah, you know, going into the year, having Luck, Wentz, and Aaron Rodgers looked awful good. But right now, I mean, do you really want Derek Carr, Carson Wentz, and maybe Andrew Luck? Like, I don't know. You know, I... I I'd feel way better just holding all three and, you know, if luck comes back and proves that, you know, he's, he's the luck of old, then I might maybe look for a deal to deal one of these guys, but I definitely wouldn't do it um, right now. And I wouldn't be Rogers. That's for sure. Um, And Corey Davis. I I think Corey Davis right now, um, if you're selling, you're selling awful low. Um, And I think he's probably got some big things coming up for him moving forward. So I, I, yeah, I, I think it's the Rogers Corey Davis side pretty easily here too. All right, let's uh, let's do a little. You are nuts. I the nuts. What are you nuts? Now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. You're all nuts. You're nuts. First of all, week nine was uh, really kind of more of the same at this point. Um, me and James looking like complete fools. Travis playing it safe, getting it right. Yeah. Mostly. Oh come on. <laughs> so so let's let's do a quick recap here. James, what'd you do? 
Yeah, no, I uh, I said Devontae Adams was going to have 100-plus yards and two touchdowns. Monday Night Football just kind of finished not too long ago. And Devontae Adams did not have 100 yards or two touchdowns. As a matter of fact, he had zero touchdowns. And uh, I'm not sure his total yardage, but uh, I'm pretty sure it was half or less than half of 100. So, uh, yeah, I uh, I nowhere near came close to hitting my, uh, my your nuts prediction. What about you, Travis? Well, John, I think we need to vet Devontae Adams' yardage here. Um, 53 yards on seven <laughs> catches. <laughs> on seven catches. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, the philosophy was right. I mean, I nailed the game script. He was going to get the, you know, the targets. I just, I no. just thought he would have more yardage. No. You know? Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> I tried. Ten targets so, yeah. to seven from Jordy Nelson, by the way. Huh. Yeah, um, not really. I don't, I don't think I. I definitely don't think I played it safe, John. I'm pretty sure you guys <laughs> were calling me crazy last week, and mm-hmm. James went off about how ridiculous I was. So yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't quite nail it, but I no? mean, really, really, come on, really, no, I didn't. did. Really, I did though. We don't give away participation trophies on the Superflex Pod, Travis. It was a yeah. nice attempt. But you, you know, fell short. Go ahead. Go ahead. What, what was your prediction? 100 plus yards and two rushing touchdowns from Adrian Peterson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he finished with 157 rushing yards. Wow. That's a monster. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> that is that's nice. Much. Everything that went into the thought process of basically saying Adrian Peterson was going to have a monster game came true. Um, well, he did have a monster game. Absolutely. You're right. But uh, that stat line that you predicted. He did not make it to the end zone. No. Zero zero times. Zero times. He didn't. But you know who did make it to the end zone in that game? Drew Stanton had two touchdown passes in that game. And uh, I think you said that he was going to be benched most likely in the third quarter. Isn't that right? For Blaine Gabbard? Did that that happen? I said I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. Uh, and no, it did not. But he's going to be benched next week when he's not placing the 40 freaking Niners. Okay, so against Seattle on Thursday night, he's going to get benched. That's what we're saying, yep. right? All right, so I'm all right. Be, I'm you're, be there you're, on. you're on. I'm, I'm <laughs> taking that. I'm taking that. All right, and I had the New England Patriots signing a public enemy number one, Colin Kaepernick. <clears throat> uh, this is going to be an ongoing one. Um, so this is still TBD. Uh, it doesn't. <laughs> no, <it's not. laughs> it, it doesn't look great. But uh, they did sign Brian Hoyer to be their backup. We all know that Brian Hoyer, first of all, is uh, not not a great backup. Um, and uh, furthermore, does absolutely nothing to anger uh, Roger Goodell and the rest of the NFL owners. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's a pointless signing that they're not going to stick with for very long, let's be honest. So the only thing that can really get in the way of this, of, of this still coming true, is the fact that the Houston Texans are, are considering, quote-unquote, signing Colin Kaepernick as, uh, I guess, as Bob McNair's um, apology to, uh, to all of his inmates on the Texans. So let's talk about our predictions for this week. Start with you, James. Yeah, um, you know, I've been pretty tough on Ben Roethlisberger on this podcast and really over the course of the year. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Big Ben is going to throw for over 300 passing yards and three touchdowns on the road. 
which, you know, there Never are some happens. people who st- yeah, there are some people who still believe that Pittsburgh is only good at home and especially Big Ben, but um I yeah, no, I'm going to say that uh, Big Ben's going to do this all against the Colts. I think they're 29th ranked against the pass. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster had his coming out party. Um, looks like Martavius Bryant's going to dress. You still have Antonio Brown, and you still have Le'Veon Bell who can catch the ball really well. The Colts are much better against the run defensively than they are against the pass. I could see this being a game where Big Ben hits those numbers. What do you guys think? You're a little nuts. I I don't know. I could see it. This is a bad enough defense that I could see it happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think, I, again, I mean, Juju Juju Smith-Schuster, as long as he's got an extra cycle to chain up, is just the best thing in the NFL. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I'm i not totally opposed to this one, but uh, Roethlisberger is just so bad on the road, and he still has been again this year. Yeah, I don't really think you're that nuts. Yeah. I think, it, I think it's totally doable. Yep. I don't. <laughs> I'm not going to, we're not going to get into it right now, but I don't really buy the whole home road split thing as, as predictive. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's Indy and big Ben has put up huge games in the past. He's got the weapons. I don't think you're that crazy. We do need to talk about probability at some point on this podcast, um, based on, uh, what has already happened versus what has not yet happened. So but anyways, for now, in the interest of time, let's just move on to you, Travis, and something uh, that has not yet happened. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, since it's my bold prediction, it is, it's a near certainty that this is going to happen next week. Uh, I've got, Even though it ha- never has. Uh, um, <laughs> so if Corey Davis has 140 receiving yards... Hey, hey, you stole my thunder. You stole my thunder. I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, now i got to change it. No. No, Corey would Davis. you cut that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Corey Davis, 100 yards and a touchdown. First 100-yard game, touchdown. Um, it's not the best matchup against Cincy, but this, I mean, this is, Corey Davis is the best receiver on the team by far. Um, I know Richard had a big game this week but anyways they've got Cincy uh the Bortles uh Marquise Lee connection went for 78 yards and a touchdown this last week against Cincy uh and I think you know Corey Davis second week back from his what nine game absence eight game absence um he's going to be more involved and I think he has his first big blow up game I mean, I don't. Yeah. Think, I, I I really don't think you're nuts here. <laughs> this is like, this this probably is a near certainty to happen. The one thing that I take wow. issue with, Richard Matthews is actually a is a very good receiver, and then right at the moment is the best receiver on that team. But no, he's not. Beyond that, beyond that, Corey Davis could easily have a breakout game here. I like yeah. Richard Matthews, but he's not as good as Corey Davis. You can't say that. Right at the moment, he absolutely is. I mean, Corey oh, Davis not. has been out for how many weeks with an injury? Like, I mean, you got to give him time to to work his way back in and and carve out a role before we before we're gonna crown him as the number one receiver in that offense, especially when Richard Matthews led the team in targets. 
Yeah, but I, I think when Corey Davis is healthy, he is heavily targeted. Um, so I, I'll say I don't, I don't think you're all that nuts. Um, I definitely think that Corey Davis's schedule, you know, I was looking at it, Travis, and I was thinking that Corey Davis's schedule kind of lightens up in like week 12. And that's when I can see him having a real big breakout game. But uh, but yeah, yeah, this could be the week, I suppose, against Cincinnati. Um but uh, but now, if he ends up with 150 receiving yards and zero touchdowns, you know that's that's still not good enough. So that's pretty I much expect, a W. I, <laughs> I expect <laughs> the 100, the 100 plus yards and the touchdown, uh, you know, and the touchdown from him. So yeah, absolutely, I'm I'm uh, I'm on board. I think he can do it. Well, I'm really glad. I'm really glad you took a look into his schedule coming up, and you decided that he had a good stop schedule coming up, and that you think he's going to have a big week end of the season. I, I'm glad that you did that. Absolutely, you're welcome for, uh, for putting in the work. <laughs> for putting in the work and uh, and and helping you out with that, though. It, all right. While we're airing grievances, all of a sudden these. Bold, quote-unquote bold predictions are getting awfully chalky. 100 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> like, half, okay, the, listen, half though, the league is going to go for 100 yards and a touchdown next week. This is going to be his third game ever. The, yeah, That's this bold. is the guy... This so, is coming from John, the guy who so is maybe it's it was not, just telling us we have to go over what's predictive, what has happened compared to what hasn't happened. This has never happened. Corey <laughs> Davis has never done this, and now it's not it's not good enough. Travis, man, I don't know. Yeah, it's going to happen at some point because he's a great receiver. He's a great young receiver in, a, in an explosive offense. At some point, he's going to have a hundred yards and a touchdown, and it could. And he'll probably do it multiple times this season. So, you know, an actual maybe it's not time for a Corey Davis bold prediction yet. Maybe the a prediction of a hundred yards and a touchdown is it, that's actually a pretty reasonable one. A bold prediction would be something would be more like double both of those. That would <laughs> <laughs> because we know yards in his third NFL game. <laughs> so that's, to, that's pretty okay, cool. if you're going to say it's because it's his only his third NFL game, then don't make a prediction on him yet. And it definitely don't say that he's better than game. Richard Matthews in his third he game. Is oh he's my god! Not. I can't believe you're trying to say <laughs> that Richard Matthews is better. <sighs> Man, so much for saving time on this. I have to talk to you. We'll do it offline. Damn it! All right, my <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick. We talked about him earlier taking over for uh, Jameis Winston. He's got a great matchup. And again, he's got the revenge game angle. So I've got Fitzmagic going for 300 yards and three touchdowns against them Jets. Dude, what? You, you, John, you're nuts. You are absolutely nuts. Look, Tyrod Taylor only, prediction. only, yeah, that, that, <laughs> that is bold. I'll give you that. Dude, Tyrod Taylor only James put up numbers in garbage time. because it was so bold. I, <laughs> <laughs> he almost walked off the podcast. I, I, I got up. I got up. No, I, no seriously, though, I, 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 the only reason why Tyrod Taylor scored, put up points last week was in garbage time when the game actually mattered in a close game. 
Tyrod Taylor couldn't do much outside of move the ball with his legs. He wasn't throwing the ball very well. Um, that's secondary for the Jets. I mean, Jamal Adams is coming into his own. Marcus May is really good. They're starting to get better on that back end. Uh, I, I don't know that this is the matchup that Fitzmagic's going to come in and do that with, especially because, I mean, this is really his first week of practice working with the ones. I, I don't know that you can expect this kind of an effort coming right out of the gate, man. I don't know. I, I'm going to say that you're a little nuts. I expect it. I demand so it. I, <laughs> I, don't, I, I think this is pretty damn chalky, honestly. Really? Okay. Oh, I don't, okay. Man. I, think, I, think, <laughs> I think we're three for three on the, the vanilla bold prediction week here. Yeah. He's all – you guys know – Fitzpatrick played week six, right? Yeah. Guess I, what he threw for? I don't remember his stat line at all. 290 and three. Really? Wait, who did yeah. he play? Arizona. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, but they suck. So very... It's the Jets! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what is this, this is like... right now? This is, a, this is a guarantee. I mean, this this is... This is a slam dunk. Oh, man. We all suck. We I, all no, suck. Dude, I, dude, I'm really nuts. conflicted right now. You, Travis neither. agrees with me uh, that, <laughs> no, <laughs> that my prediction no. is extremely doable. So it's like, on one hand, um, it's great that we found some common ground after last week especially. But on the other hand, uh, oh, you're telling me that I didn't make a bold enough prediction? I also haven't got one of these right ever so <laughs> so i could use a, a win here yeah maybe, maybe it's because maybe it's because we're always telling you that yours isn't bold enough <laughs> no i've never said that i remember the matt ryan prediction ever since then man no no i haven't said it yeah that was crazy <laughs> yeah i think I this one's just as crazy i this there's no way no way i see it happening I think we might go three for three here, guys. Man, I hope so. All right, one more segment. Back to our super streakers. We're going streaky! We're looking for one or two quarterbacks from each of the co-hosts to consider for week 10 in the super streak challenge. Um, So we're looking for uh, 250 plus yards passing from each one of these guys. Let's start with you, Travis. Yeah, so my... My theory proved correct last week with Jacoby Brissett. Almost had 300, I think, against Houston. So I'm just going to roll that again. I'm going to go Jared Goff against Houston. Um, I, I Part of my thought process is a little bit squash with Watson not being there. You know, the half of it was Houston's defense is not playing well. Half of it was Houston's offense is explosive and, and forcing teams to try to keep up. That part's out the window, but... Um, Jared Goff has been playing, uh, I mean, surprisingly well, obviously. And so I think this is a pretty easy one. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is pretty chalky right there. I can tell you that. That's, hey, uh, this is that's nice. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> hey, just, just to be clear, the spirit of this exercise is to go chalk. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it to an extent because you can only use each guy once. Right. So, you, you know, but no, I get it. Uh, but no, I, I think I think and a topic for a different uh, different podcast. I think Jared Goff's been the best quarterback in the NFC. Um, so, whoa, uh, better than number yeah. three for the Seahawks. 
Better than better than Carson Wentz. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think he's been better than on, Carson Wentz. I was on board with better. this when we were trashing uh, Danger Russ, but um, <laughs> <laughs> now, now you're going after my boy, and I don't I don't know that I can stand for that. So yeah, next week you're on. I think I next week will be a good a good point for us to uh, to evaluate it because Carson Wentz has his buy, and uh, I think we'll be able to kind of compare some numbers, and I think. Jared Goff will match up pretty well against what Carson Wentz has done. Um, yeah, Carson Wentz completion percentage is the thing to look at too. He would, I, I, what was he, fifty percent in this last game? I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't elite. But, uh, but anyways, I'm going to go with uh, with Ben Roethlisberger. Obviously, you guys know how I feel about him with the your nut segment. Um, I Indy is a terrible pass defense. And uh, I'll take Big Ben, even though he's on the road. I think uh, he'll he'll hit that 250 mark pretty easily. What a cheater. <laughs> hey, the goal here is not to be bold. It's to be chalky, Travis. So right. uh, it's okay. <laughs> so here's, that. Let, let me take a stab at, at going uh, straight chalk here. I'm taking C.J. Bethard of the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> uh, that's my chalk call, um, even though he has absolutely no wide receivers. He's at home. He's got Kyle Shanahan calling his plays for him. And it's the New York Giants coming to town. Right now, this has to be the worst defense in all of football. And they should have been so good, but they they just got absolutely destroyed by the LA Rams and uh this is this is a this is just a defense that you can throw on uh 250 yards should be absolutely doable and uh after Brett Hundley came up five yards short uh on my last prediction I need to get a streak going here so CJ Bethard gets me going dude I I Travis this might be the first time in in the podcast history that I think you and I can both agree that John's super uh, super streaker might be a a more of a year nuts take than his actual <laughs> year nuts prediction. I think, think CJ Bathard hitting two fifty is more of a long shot than Fitzpatrick throwing for three hundred yards and three touchdowns. What do you think? I, I think you I think you're one hundred percent correct. Yeah, Even though you, yeah. You thought, <laughs> I think you might be you right. You thought too. his three hundred and three call was pretty bold, if I remember correctly. Yeah, no, I do, but I think this one's even worse. So, oh there's, man, there's no one, who's who's gonna catch the ball, dude? Sam does this have is calling. Throw it to. Yeah, dude, Marquise no Goodwin, Aldrick uh, Robinson, yeah. Garrett Selleck. He's gonna make them all stars. Yeah, I think dude. you guys are right, though. This, I think I had these reversed. <laughs> I threw this together really that. fast. I think Fitzpatrick <laughs> should be my super streaker, and Bethard should be my my uh, nuts call. Uh, I think there's a better chance. I think, I think Carlos Hyde might have more total yards from scrimmage than Bethard has passing. Whoa! <laughs> that Whoa. might be. That might. That right. might. All right. That might be true. Interesting. If he doesn't get benched, I don't know. You're nuts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that'll do it. As we wrap it up for the week. I'm going to ask you all for a quick favor. If you could please rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, of course, and Google Play. And uh, those ratings and reviews help so much in our ability to to not only improve the podcast, the quality and the content, um, but also to get out to more people and 
um, to uh, be able to involve ourselves in much more of the Dynasty conversation. So if you could do that, we'd really appreciate it. You can follow Travis on Twitter at TravisNFL. James is at DFF underscore Psychic. And I'm at DFF Dynasty Dude. Also, you can follow the Super Flexible podcast at Superflex Pod. And follow the trades account at Superflex Trades so that you can send us all of your trades. It doesn't have to be Superflex. Um, and uh, we'll, we can go over them on the podcast. We can retweet them and get, in, get them out to the masses. So uh, follow that account um, for a little additional help in evaluating your trades. And finally, check out the Dynasty Football Factory itself at DFF underscore Dynasty. The Dynasty Football Network at DF underscore Network. And the, all the DF Network podcasts, the Fantasy Football Fellas, the Dynasty Warzone, the IDP Edge Crushers, the Devi Watch Podcast, and Capology 101. Special thanks to Heart and Soul Radio for the song The Addiction for all of our intro and outro music. And that's going to do it for this week. So until next week, best of luck in week 10. Bye.